your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. The holidays are right around the corner and finding the perfect gift can be tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. You can go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. So I apologize for the video not being up. My laptop is not agreeing with me. Right now, for those that are uh, viewing this through YouTube, but you still get to hear my wonderful, wonderful voice. This will not be a problem uh, moving forward. It's the, basically what happened is um, I've been having problems with the battery for this thing. Um, my webcam for my PC will be here very soon. So I'm going to be fully transitioning to doing all the audio and video editing and just recording the podcast, honestly, um, on, the, on the PC as soon as possible. But right now, just for today, um, we are going to have an audio only episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast, but you know your your Penguins get that three to two win over the Buffalo Sabers tonight. That is now six in a row, eleven and two and one in their last fourteen. Before we get into it, I have to confess, um, I apologize for not realizing that Buffalo was going to be starting Malcolm Subban tonight. That is a ridiculous error. That um, I'm usually pretty good about that kind of stuff. I take pride in knowing a lot around the league, but the fact that I basically forgot that they traded for Malcolm Subban just a couple of weeks ago just goes to show that um, sometimes I screw up. I apologize. That's not good enough for me, and it's not good enough for people that listen to this podcast. I thought for sure Tokarski was going tonight. I just I totally forgot that Subban was on the active roster. I apologize. It's not going to happen. Um, again, I want to get that out of the way because I don't want you know my credibility to be shot here or or, or anything like that. But um, I unfortunately did not get to watch basically any of the game tonight. I was actually watching Spider Man No Way Home at the at the movie theater with my lovely girlfriend who is turning twenty four on Saturday. Can you believe that? Um, but going through the highlights of the game, looking at the underlying numbers, this looks to be a game, my biggest takeaway right now, that Pittsburgh flat out dominated. Um, the shots were 48 to 21. Um, if we go to only 5-5 play, Pittsburgh had 64% of the shot attempts for. They had 67.4% of the scoring chances for. Led in high danger 10 to 5. Expected goals 4 percentage uh, 2.29 to 1.48. For Buffalo, and then if you go to all situations, Pittsburgh had 67% of the shot attempts. They had 72% of the scoring chances. They had 74% of the high danger chances for an expected goals for of 4.47 compared to 1.78 um, for the Sabres. So um, this was basically a game, it looks like, and it sounds like from a few people that tweeted me, I asked to see how it was going, um, that Malcolm Subban tried to steal. And, you know, if he... I don't expect anything less, especially with what happened last time with Dustin Dukarski. Of course, a goalie like Malcolm Subban, who is basically just a, a glorified backup in this league. You know, it's not surprising that he's going to be the one to stand on his head against Pittsburgh in a day in a game that, you know, it looks like again that they fully dominated. I, I I don't really know what else to say about Evan Rodriguez at this point. I'm really running out of again, I'm just running out of positive things to say about him. What a shot that was that I watched. Um, on the highlights back, just a beautiful rip. Subban had no chance on it. 
Um, and again, you know, he's not just one of the Penguins MVPs this year. Um, he's one of the best players in hockey. And I think people need to start recognizing that he is playing at that level. I mean, he's never been at this level before. Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick were talking about it on the 32 Thoughts podcast day that I was listening to while I was working, my full-time gig. And, you know, they nailed it. You know, this was a player who was basically an outcast with the Buffalo Sabres just a few short months ago. And what not, not even a few short months ago, excuse me, a few short years ago. I don't know why I said a few short months ago. Um, and look where he is now. He's making basically league minimum money and he's producing this kind of season. And it's not just, you know, well, he's playing with Sidney Crosby. I mean, obviously Sid is going to elevate players that play with him, but he's legitimately been good um, no matter who he's played with this year. And, you know, right now it's kind of like feeling like the Jared McCann treatment on that top power play where I don't know if you can take Rodriguez off that unit when everyone gets healthy with the level that he is playing at right now. I know Evgeny Malkin is expected to come back here soon. Jake Ensel and Brian Rush are probably a little more ways away than Gino, but <clears throat> excuse me. I still think once they all return, um, you might have to find a place for Rodriguez in on that top power play. I mean, it, it, everything is just, it seems better when he is on that unit. He's such a shot first player and the Penguins need more players like that on the top power play, just because, you know, some of the other stars and, you know, they're stars for a reason, but you know, some of the other players, they, they try to get too key with some passes, but Rodriguez, he's not that kind of player. He's just going to fire it on net, create scoring chances that way. And voila. So uh, I, I think I might be starting the petition for him to stay on that unit, but what another ridiculous game from him. It looked like just by watching the highlights and everything, he was having scoring chances all game and Malcolm Subban was just uh, pretty ridiculous. So kudos to him. That was a really strong performance from Erod. And, you know, the other goal score before the overtime winner to Jeff Carter, which I'll get to coming up here in the next segment, um, Brock again. And, you know, I'm glad that I can actually take a W with this one. I mean, there were so many people over the offseason, you know, whether you saw it on social media, message boards, calling in on sports talk radio, wherever you saw it, that were saying McGinn is going to be a bust. He's not going to replace Brandon Tanev. Well, he four years is way too much money. That contract is going to look bad. Well, I mean, it, it looks pretty dang good um, right now. Uh, Ch Mad Chad 412 did a, basically a comparison on Jay Fresh's stuff from um, McGinn and Tanev. So um, the last few years for Brock McGinn, uh, his wins above replacement, 83%, even straight defense this year, 87%, his PK percentage, 87%, uh, penalties, 82% for drawing them, finishing ability, 82%. And you compare that to Brandon Tanev the last few years, Tanev's windows above replacement was 80%. It's even strength defense was 88. Um, even strength offense, Tanev is a little bit better. Um, PK, Rock is right there with him. Finishing ability, um, he's better than him there as well. But, you know, just for last season, if you look at that one for Tanev, 79% uh, wins above replacement. This season for Brock, 84%. I mean, it's just... He's 750000 cheaper, and I really don't understand why so many people were down on that signing. I mean, I understand losing Brandon Tanev is tough. He's a fan favorite, rightfully so. He's hilarious. He's a lot of fun to watch. But, you know, 
Brock is basically a little bit of a clone of him. He already has eight goals this year. Um, and the goal he scored tonight was just basically a tap-in. I mean, Subban had no chance on that. He was kind of scrambling. Um, again, puck is the, the net is wide open. If Brock doesn't score that, he basically should not be, should be sent down to the AHL or something. But um, he continues to play at a really high level this year. I don't really care that he makes $2.75 million for the next four years. If he keeps producing at this kind of rate, which right now, if you calculate over the course of an 82-game season with those eight goals, he's on pace for about 20 to 21 goals. Overall, and that's something that we, you know, we we have not said about Brandon Tanev for when Tanev was in Pittsburgh. We're saying we're saying that already with Brock, and he hasn't even been here for what thirty full games yet. So um, he's playing at a pretty high level right now. Good defensively, just a great fit on that fourth line with Teddy Bluger um, and Aston Reese. You know, this has definitely been a big W so far for Pittsburgh in terms of you know getting that right replacement for Tanev. Um, I remember, you know, reading from Jesse Marshall on the Athletic, and you know, a couple other places that you know were, were praising the signing. And you know, if you have been listening to this podcast since the summer, you all will know that I was really high on Brock. And you know, when he came onto the show over the summer, I full on said to him, I expected big things out of him this year, um, and he has proven me right time and time again. So I will chalk that up as a W for me right now. Hopefully, that continues to be the same. Um, because again, you know, he's just he's been awesome this year and he's really fun to watch. Um, it's coming up in the next segment, we're gonna get into that overtime play and just how it looked like a set play, at least to me, I'm gonna walk you all through that. Um, it also kind of reminded me of the 2016 game two goal against Connor Sherry in a little bit of a way, even though it wasn't that similar, it was still a little bit similar overall. And we also have a couple other things to get to, of course. Uh, for this episode. But before we do that, this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Bill Bart's. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but is amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and it's high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have that raspberry or mint brownie? cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream of peanut butter brownie. Bill Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Bill Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. You're, are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Bill Bars in those stockings this year with so many flavors, they would make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, well, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. They taste so good that you won't believe that they're filled with protein. You can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, the holidays are again right around the corner, and finding the gift can be tricky. That said, Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package for $99.99. You'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code NHL, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. I mean, me personally, I love ordering a ribeye from there. Their filet is really good. Their chicken is awesome. Anything you get from there, um, in my opinion, is just 
amazing, you know. Um, order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. They have incredible flavor, incredible value, and they are 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword NHL for you all there. All right, welcome back to this, to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. That OT goal tonight from Chris Letang and Jeff Carter was honestly such a thing of beauty. Um, and again, you know, it reminded me a little bit of that set play in game two of the 2016 Stanley Cup final against the San Jose Sharks where Crosby was kind of directing traffic. I know Sid wasn't doing that here, but it kind of seemed like, you know, one of Carter or Latang talked to each other before that faceoff because Carter full on won it and then the puck goes down, the Sabres are very slow to react to it. All of a sudden, Pittsburgh has a two-on-one, and then Latang has this gorgeous pass right through the legs. Carter is able to redirect it in. The Penguins go home with their sixth in a row. Just a really awesome goal there that, you know, we haven't really seen much this season. Um, well, in overtime, at least for this team. But, you know, you also don't see that kind of goal a lot in three-on-three overall where it looks like it was a set play. But, you know, Carter, I thought, enjoyed a really good game, and he's He's been stellar this year. You know, I've talked about him so many times on the podcast the last few weeks. Um, anyone that's been saying that he struggled at any any time this year, I think, is kind of fooling themselves. He's been perfectly adequate as a second line center, and he's only going to continue to get better uh, once Gino comes back here in the next couple of the weeks. Because then he'll be getting easier matchups. He'll still have good line mates, whether that's Stanton Heinen, whether that's Jason Zucker, who still needs to wake up a little bit. Maybe Kasperi Kapanen goes down there and plays a little bit with him as well. Um, I'm not really sure uh, overall what the line will look like. Um, I would have to assume one of his linemates, though, will be Heinen. But really strong game from him, I thought, too. And then, you know, Chris Letang. I mean, what else can I say about Tanger at this point? That pass to Carter. I mean, I, I know I just said it about a minute ago. Absolutely disgusting. And he continues to play better um, game after game after game. It, it's honestly just... Um, insane. He has eight points in these six games during this winning streak. Um, he's had over a 2.1 average game score, which we would be the fourth best among all NHL defensemen um, throughout this span. I mean, he's just, I, I, I don't really know what else to say um, about Crystal Tang at this point. I mean, I hope he's re-signed. I, I really think the management will do it. But, I mean, this is a player that Pittsburgh needs to keep for the foreseeable future. They do not have his replacement ready to go. It is not John Marino. It is not Brian Dumoulin. It is not Marcus Pedersen. It is not – no defenseman can do what this guy does on an every-game basis. I've been saying that for years, well before I started doing this podcast. Um, And he just – he continues to – despite being older, he plays like he's 22 basically every night. So just that pass was a chef's kiss – as I like to call it. Um, overall, this game, it, it was almost setting up to be a game where Pittsburgh would lose, right? You know, especially to another inferior team where they would get goalied. You know, they got goalied once by Buffalo this year. They, they've gotten goalied plenty of other times against better teams. I know Vasilevsky did it to them a couple months ago. They got goalied by Jacob Markstrom um, in Pittsburgh. And, you know, Jake Allen came to Pittsburgh with Montreal where Pittsburgh dominated them. And the Penguins still lost. It looked like it was setting up to be that tonight after the Penguins blew that two-goal lead 
But at the end, Jeff Carter is able to win it. I'm not going to blame Tristan Jari at all, I don't think, for those two goals. I mean, the first one, um, just a lot of traffic in front. Jari, there's no chance he was going to get over there. And then the second one, what a pass to Darlene, who buried that one. I don't really think Jari had much of a chance on that one either. But, you know, overall, he still made some, it looks like some pretty good saves throughout. Even though Buffalo didn't have a lot of prime scoring chances in this one, excuse me, they were still able to get some decent ones uh, when they did, but Jari was able to shut the door um, and do that well. Um, it looks like, you know, special teams getting that power play goal and the penalty kill continuing to not allow um, a power play goal. It has been since November 15th now since the Penguins have allowed a power play goal. A full month has gone by, and this team has not allowed a power play goal. Coming into this game, here's a stat I'll throw out you all. Coming into this game for the Penguins, they, the opposition on 68 power play opportunities, I know it's different now, the opposition combined five for 68. I mean, I, I don't even, that number is just unbelievable. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than this PK, it is by far the best penalty kill in the league. And if you did not read Jesse Marshall's article on The Athletic today, I definitely suggest that you all do it. It was a beautiful, deep dive into the PK and what's making it so success- successful. Um, he explains it a lot better than I will here in basically the next 30 seconds to a minute. But, you know, again, just from the highlights I watched tonight, they're continuing to stay aggressive. And they're also being really aggressive outside of the defensive zone. You know, example, you know, that first four checker, when the opposition is starting the rush up the ice, when they have the power play, whoever that first four checker is, Brian Boyle, Brock McGinn, you know, whoever, they're pressuring them in the offensive zone. And then in the neutral zone, when that first pass is coming, the Penguins are doing an excellent job of breaking that up and sending it down the other way. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of times this year, you have seen teams time and time again just try to dump the puck in on the Penguins. But the fact of the matter is, they're also getting really good puck support along the boards, even when they are shorthanded and they are winning those puck battles and still standing it down. It is a complete team effort. Uh, whoever is on the PK out there, Brian Dumoulin, Brock McGinn, Brian Boyle, Zach Aston Reese, Chris Letang, um, Teddy Bluger, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they are doing this at an elite level right now. And that continued tonight against the Sabres from the highlights that I saw at least. But overall, if you want to read that deep dive breakdown, which I basically gave you a tease of, um, go to The Athletic if you have a subscription. Read Jesse's work. He also touches on a whole lot more um, regarding the PK, including Tristan Jari's play, which, you know, he has a nine. um, He saved 95% of the shots um, while the team has been shorthanded this year, which compared to last year, 870, which is, I mean, that that's just not going to cut it. Um, that's for sure. But that'll do it for this second segment of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Coming up in the next one, we're going to do a little preview for the game um, against the New Jersey Devils on Sunday as that team is continuing um, a slide right now. But before we do that, BetOnline has you covered all season. That means more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues through the March for the playoffs, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus for basketball. 
football, NHL boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So next up for Pittsburgh is a home-and-home against the New Jersey Devils. Actually, the Devils will be playing Pittsburgh on a back-to-back. They are in Detroit, excuse me, for Saturday's game against the Red Wings before they come home to take on the Penguins on Sunday. And then they will fly to Pittsburgh on Tuesday to take on the Penguins at the PPG Paints Arena. Overall, though, New Jersey, um, they have lost four of their last five. I believe they've also lost, um, I think, I saw this stat yesterday from Hockey Watcher. I believe it's nine of their last 11 games uh, that New Jersey has lost. And it's just... They've been spiraling for the last couple of weeks. Now they had that really strong start where it looked like they were going to surprise some people this year, but um, it looks to be anything but that at this point. New Jersey only has forty nine point four percent of the expected goals, forty six point five percent of the actual goals. Shot attempts wise, fifty one point two percent of those. So that's decent. But their goal differential—they've only scored fifty four goals this year. They've given up sixty two. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood has been. Uh, okay, you know, he hasn't been, you know, that number that number one that I think some Devils fans expected him to be at this year. Um, their goals four per 60. This is a team that's really struggled to score this year. Um, only 2.35 goals per 65, 2.7 goals against per 60. Um, they score a little bit. I mean, they score basically at the same rate as the Oilers, which I think is more embarrassing to the, for the Oilers because, I mean, they have two of the best players in the world. But again, it's just it's been a really big struggle for New Jersey. They got blown out by Philadelphia on Tuesday. They got blown out by the Islanders, who have been really bad this year. Last Saturday, they lost in Nashville that Friday. Um, they did beat Philly on December eighth. They 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 lost to Ottawa before that. They got put an eighth spot by the Winnipeg Jets on December third. They then lost to Minnesota. They lost to San Jose before that. Um, they've lost to Nashville again. They lost to Minnesota again. Um, this is a team that's just been, um, again, in decline for the last two to three weeks. And um, it, it's definitely been a bit sad to see because, you know, they came to Pittsburgh earlier this year, and that was a team that was playing pretty good. I mean, and they, you know, they have a lot of really nice pieces that, you know, it, they're, they're going to contend, I think, at some point here. Um, Jack Hughes, he's awesome. Jesper Brad is still on the top line. Tomas Tatar is in the top six. Pavel Zaka is in the top six. You know, Sharon Govich, he's another young player who I think is going to do a really good job uh, in the future. Kukinen, Jimmy VC, uh, McLeod, of course. Suggy Hamilton's on the top pairing. Uh, Severson is still there. Ty Smith, <clears throat> excuse me. You talk about one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. Uh, Ty Smith is, one, is I think, I think that. I mean, he's going to be... I think a star in this league here, um, at least in the near future, um, uh, in my opinion, um, at least. But um, their last game overall, that, that that was what the lines looked like. It was Hughes with Bratton Zaka, Janssen with Mercer and Tatar, uh, Sharon Govich with Kukunin and Studnich, and then Bastian, McLeod, and VC. So Nico Heischer, um, he's been he's been in and out of the lineup. PK Subban was not in the lineup. 
uh, for the, the, the game on December 16th. Jesper Bilquist was dealing with COVID. Um, Blackwood is, I mean, the, the, the big thing with them is they've been battling injuries with, I believe, yeah, it was Jonathan Bernier. He's still out. So um, I would assume that Blackwood will be good to go for the game against Pittsburgh. I don't know if he'll be starting against Detroit. It might have to be the backup who at this point is John Gillies, who I barely even know who that is. I, I'm, I'm dead serious um, at this point. He was just traded there, though. Um, I want to say that was this week. Yeah, yeah, December 15th. Yeah, traded to the Devils in exchange for future considerations. So I actually am pretty surprised that I got that right. In terms of, you know, goals saved above expected this season, I'm going down here to try to find the the, uh, the Devils goalies. Wow, they are really far down in here. That just goes to show how bad the Devils goaltending has been this year. John Gillies, 0.2 goals saved above expected with St. Louis. Um, if we go down for Bernier before he got hurt, in 10 games played, minus 1.1 goals saved above expected. Mackenzie Blackwood in 16 games this year, fellas. Minus 1.5 goals saved above expected. His overall save percentage this year, 902, 3.14 goals against average. So he has been anything but good this year for New Jersey. Um, hopefully Pittsburgh should be able to exploit that in both games against New Jersey. That said, this is still going to be, I think, a tougher game than some people anticipate for Pittsburgh. Just because the last couple of years the Penguins have struggled against the Devils, even you know this year um, against them. Uh, they just they, they played well. They got goaded a little bit by Bernier, but there were times in that game where it, it should not have been um, that close. And then last year, of course, when the Devils were not good, uh, Pittsburgh was struggling to beat them at home and in New Jersey. The Prudential Center is usually a place where it, it's kind of like a mini house of horrors for the Penguins. It's not Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum level bad, but it's still a place where the Penguins hardly have any luck. And also the Prudential Center is a flat out. It's just, I don't really think it's that good of an arena, and it's in Newark, so um, you have that to deal with. But overall, that will be the next Penguins game in Newark, and then they will come home to play New Jersey on Tuesday. We will have a full game recap of that game for Monday's episode. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins Podcast. I again apologize about the video, but that will return next week in full capacity and moving forward for YouTube. And then for just the audio people, you all will continue to hear my wonderful, wonderful voice. So thank you all so much for listening and are going on YouTube to listen to this show. And I will be back with you all on Monday.